Health, Wisdom, and Wine, a weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily women's health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email at info at To learn more about our team's approach to care, visit our website at www.larenawhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, remember to follow the podcast, leave a five-star rating, and tap on the bell to make sure you never miss an episode. Let us know what is your favorite topic, who has been your favorite guest, and who would you like to hear from on the next pod. Most importantly, share the podcast and your favorite episode with a friend or colleague. Lastly, remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for a bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. My colleague and sister friend, Tiffany Davis, often reminds me through her work that health is wealth. When I lived in Haiti, I was often reminded how crucial women are to their households, families, communities, and beyond. Potomitan, meaning central pillar, is a complex term that speaks to the role that Haitian women play in their economies, locally and globally, and how it affects Haitian women, including and not limited to, inhumane working and living conditions, gender-based violence, poverty, lack of education, and poor health care. The Potomaton itself constitutes an essential structural feature of ritual representation. These struggles, women's subjugation, exploitation, and resistance are global struggles, which brings me to the COVID pandemic. More than two years into the pandemic, the U.S. is still facing more than 85,000 new cases a day. And while that's not nearly as high as the numbers we saw last year, COVID is here to stay. Endemic. Although the risks of severe illness and death have decreased, 16 million people, about 8% of working age Americans, have long COVID today. Long COVID, by definition, is new symptoms that people didn't have before COVID infection for at least three months after the initial COVID infection. Symptoms like brain fog, muddy thought processing, trouble breathing, shortness of breath, irretractable fatigue, decreased executive functioning skills of planning and coordinating, lost sense of smell, hair loss, non-remitting dry cough, memory deficits, the inability to find words, and the loss of vocabulary characterize long COVID. Long COVID, with its wide range of experiences and with no distinct recovery over time, makes it challenging for some people to return to work. Two to four million people are unemployed because of long COVID, and the absence of these workers are having a negative effect on the labor market, the economy, 
both globally and locally. To this day, doctors and researchers still don't quite know why some people develop long-lasting symptoms while others do not. So let's look at this with a little more closely. Considering both two-income households and single-parent, namely female-led households, in terms of adjusting when one wage earner has to earn fewer wages or work fewer hours or both, household to household, it's a double whammy. Loss of income and the ripple effect that this has on other family members and household members, especially as it pertains to caretaking, can be a doozy. From a household finance perspective, this can not only be disruptive, but also downright devastating. Now shifting to two recent outbreaks, monkeypox and polio. Monkeypox initially spreads from animals to humans and then human to human. May 17th started the response to the current outbreak in the United States, manifest by fever, intense headache, muscle aches, back pain, low energy, swollen lymph nodes, skin lesions, mostly in the palms, soles of the feet and face, but also on the mouth, genitalia, and eyes. Luckily, monkeypox usually is not deadly. Contrary to popular belief, the risk of monkeypox is not limited to people who are sexually active or men who have sex with men. Anyone who has close physical contact with someone who is infectious is at risk. Monkeypox rashes or lesions can resemble some STDs like herpes or syphilis and as such are often being identified at sexual health clinics. Which brings us to polio. Two months after the monkeypox outbreak, polio was confirmed in an unvaccinated immunocompetent adult in New York hospitalized with flaccid lower limb weakness. Type 2 polio virus was isolated from the person and identified from wastewater samples in two neighboring New York counties. Up to this point, sustained polio transmission had been eliminated from the U.S. for more than 40 years. And lastly, trichomonas vaginalis. Trich is likely the most prevalent non-viral sexually transmitted infection. Black people are four times more likely to be infected than people of other races. Trick infection sequelae in women include increased risk of HIV acquisition, cervical cancer, preterm birth, and other pregnancy outcomes and are extremely important in terms of maternal morbidity. Repeat persistent infections are common in women with rescreening every three months after treatment being recommended. Women with trichomoniasis will often present with vaginal discharge, painful intercourse, UTI symptoms, vaginal itching, and or pelvic pain. Men are often asymptomatic, and on occasion, they may present with sex symptoms including penile discharge, testicular pain, dysuria, or painful urination, increased urinary frequency, or cloudy urine. To be clear, trichomonas vaginalis is a sexually transmitted infection. Over the course of the last six months to a year, we've seen a noticeable uptick of women who have recurrent vaginal infections, including yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis. While these infections were common before, there has been a notable increase in the incidence and prevalence of comorbid trichomonas vaginalis infection. Sisters, ladies, friends, health is 
wealth. Recognizing the direct correlation between health and wealth shouldn't be overlooked or misunderstood. Making a large change to any of your habits at one time seems like a daunting task. In fact, doing so will probably make you quit altogether, or at least want to. Instead, pick one small thing you can do today, and then next week, do the same. Start the habit, then add to it. Still not, don't believe that health is wealth? Here are some ancillary benefits of being healthy and living a healthy lifestyle. First, medical bills are expensive. Healthy people save money on medical costs. Sick people spend their hard-earned cash on medical bills rather than on the things they enjoy doing. Are all injuries or illnesses preventable? Of course not. However, if you set yourself up for success, the impact of unforeseen events won't take everything off track. Two, healthy workers are more productive. When we are in good health, we can work more productively towards the things that we like and love. Studies have shown that people in good health are able to earn more money and work more productively. If you're kinder to yourself, you'll also be kinder to those around you. Feeling great gives you confidence. When you have a high level of well-being, you will also tend to have a confident and go-getting attitude, which will enable you to succeed in all your endeavors and aspirations. Four, health insurance becomes also more expensive. Health insurance in the U.S. is already an astronomically high expense. Constantly being seen by a medical professional will only skyrocket those costs and take money away from achieving your financial goals. Guess what? Number five, exercise has, is, and always will be free. Any good business person will tell you that if you pay nothing and get plenty in return, you have made a great deal. Exercise like jogging, walking, yoga in your front room, or dancing is totally free, and yet it significantly enhances your physical and mental health and thus your material wealth. There are also many free resources and fitness coaches online that can be streamed on YouTube. Challenge yourself today. Number six, healthy people can stay productive for longer. Making money takes energy, so healthy energy levels are often necessary. If you cultivate good, healthy habits, you can keep earning money later in life. Number seven, health boosts your brain power. Foods rich in zinc, omega fatty acids, and other vital nutrients keep your brain working to its highest potential. And lastly, health is an investment. You may spend money on sneakers, smoothies, supplements, and so on, but this is an investment that could pay dividends for you down the road. Taking good care of your health can be challenging, but it is important. It may be difficult to make it a priority, especially when you have a busy schedule, but start adopting small changes every day. And there you have it, directly and indirectly. Health truly is wealth. Thanks for joining Women's Health Wisdom and Wine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, remember to follow us, review us, and give us five stars. Till we meet again, remember, nourish your flourish.